1: Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to interview Michael Van, president of the Van Group, a strategic cult consulting and transactional advisory firm that works with the owners and leadership teams of privately held small to mid-sized businesses. His areas of expertise, including strategic facilitation, succession transition planning, and mergers and acquisitions. Along with his father, Kevin, he is the co-author of Buying Out the Boss, The Successor's Guide to Succession Planning, he is a frequent guest speaker on topics such as value building, succession and transition building, and selling a business. Michael, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me, Seth.
1: All right. My pleasure. So let's dive right in. So what are some of the biggest mistakes business owners make when it comes to succession or transition planning or selling their business?
0: When it comes to succession and transition planning, the biggest mistake most of them make is they don't actually do it. So it's, there's a stat like something like about Only about 25% of businesses have actually done a succession uh, plan at all. And the smaller the business, the, that number creeps up to about 80% who haven't done it. So it's a, it's a pretty substantial number. Basically, owners are in the mindset that, well, I'm never going to die or I'm never going to get out of the business, so why worry about planning?
1: Absolutely. So for our listeners or folks who are newer into business, um, what is this, let's back up a little bit. What is a succession plan?
0: So a succession or transition plan is essentially just a, a document or a plan that's going to identify um, how you're going to transition the ownership and leadership of your company, whether that happens someday on an exit or because there's something unexpected that happens, you know, whether death, disability or sickness or anything else that may derail your plans on your, on your business.
1: Okay. And let's go back in time a little bit more. How did you get into this? How did you become an expert on this topic?
0: uh entirely by accident basically my father who's uh my business partner so we're a family son you know father uh dynamic really loves the area of succession and transition planning so working with him he would bring me in on on cases and you know he would he's about 20 years older than i am although he thinks he's not quite that old um <laughs> but you know there'd be a younger generation at the table who i would connect with and then there, you know the older generation that he would connect with so it made a really powerful team as we would start to uh, walk through the process with with the owners and their in their children or their key employees who are at a younger age. So from there, and we always love transactions. we you know pretty involved in selling a lot of businesses, so it was kind of a natural uh, trans, uh, transition for us to get into the planning side of it.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the selling part of the business because that's what is other, they might, our audience might view as sexier. The, ex, the intentional exit, the I made the business work, I grew it, and now I'm going to sell it. Um, how do we know as business owners if we're ready to sell?
0: So you'll go through a, you know, if you're smart, you go through a process, right? So you start to, um, before you get ready to sell, you start to think about the business from the perspective of a buyer, you know, take a critical look at your business and see, well, what would a buyer look at when they're looking at us? You know, are our financials in good shape? Am I easily replaceable? Or is there someone replacing me? You know, do we have too much customer concentration? All those things that, you know, which save a red, uh, sorry, wave a red flag. If you were looking at a business to buy, should be waving a red flag at your business when you're thinking about selling.
1: Okay. That makes sense. What about like the systems that run our business? Are those part of that analysis?
0: Absolutely. You know, particularly with the smaller and mid sized businesses today, you know, you certainly see a lot of like um, EOS and traction that a lot of businesses are running and Rockefeller habits and OKRs and stuff. So a lot of businesses are embracing that system and automatic process to running their businesses. So, you know, I know when we've sold a couple of businesses that have gone through that process in advance, it immediately like puts a puts a prospective buyer at ease a little bit because they know there's a system in place, they know their things are documented. They know there's a leadership team who's actually capable. You know, so it it really helps when you've got that done.
1: Okay, so it makes it easier to sell and yeah. to get a buyer to buy. Would you say having those processes in place also perhaps allows us to command a higher price? It
0: should, because again, you've reduced a lot of the risks in your business. Hopefully, you know there is that leadership and management team that's in place what you're doing is documented. Hopefully you're not relying on one or two people in the organization. So it gives it a higher confidence level anyways, from a buyer standpoint.
1: What are now when we're selling a business, who are the team of experts we need to help us do that? Cause obviously it's not like selling a house yourself. Uh, which, I mean, you shouldn't do, but lots of people do. You see the for sale by owner sales everywhere, business being a lot more complicated than just a home inspection. So who are the folks we need on that team to make sure that 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 transition and that sale happens at the highest price possible and with the best deal?
0: Absolutely. So there are several who I think are, are critical to the process, one being a really strong commercial transaction attorney. There are certainly a lot of attorneys out there who practice all aspects of law, but if you're going to have a decent sale, you need one who specializes in transactions. Particularly if you're a larger company, you're starting to deal with a private equity or a publicly traded company, those types of things, because the complexity of a deal um, is, is huge. So you need someone who's really good at that. Where we see most people lose out is not having a really great transactional attorney. Again, also having a really strong uh, commercial transaction accountant. You know, there's two types of accountants in the world. There's the historian's, who are great at recording numbers, but then there's also the ones who are really great at the tax side of it. You know, we always tell our clients, it's not how much you sell for, it's what you get. And that that battle is won on the tax side. Uh, Another key one is to have a really strong financial advisor, you know, who's done their work for you on your planning side. There's nothing worse than finding out you're getting this offer and then you realize it's not enough money to sell. You know, you've gone through that. So doing your financial planning in advance and being engaged with your financial planner is really important. And then, you know, as an intermediary, we obviously advise clients to use an intermediary, you know, not necessarily just a business broker, but someone who's really nuanced at the at the ups and downs of a transaction, you know, who's going to hold your hand from the beginning all the way to the end.
1: Okay. So let's talk about that. Cause obviously it could be a lengthy process. Um, what are the important things we need to look out for to make sure it goes as smoothly as possible? What is someone like you going to make sure happens so that we get to that finish line and we're all happy?
0: I think the first thing that we do really well is you start to vet the buyers to make sure you've actually got a qualified buyer at the table. You know, there's nothing worse than having a tire kicker come in who wastes a lot of time, asks lot of stupid questions, you know, doesn't, doesn't follow a protocol and, and process and isn't really capable of buying. Uh, the other key piece for us is the information flow as to what's getting presented to a, to a, uh, a buyer, you know, as far as that offering memorandum to make sure it's really comprehensive and telling a great story about the business. Um, You know, buyers are going to be really, really critical and they get a, you know, they're going to have interest or not interest based on what they see in that initial offering memorandum. So having a strong one there is good. It's also good to have a, uh, an intermediary like us, who's really good at facilitating, you know, and is able to, figure out the flow of the deal and know when to play the good cop, when to know the bad cop, when to push, when not to push, you know, and that comes from just experience of doing transactions, you know, but that's really important because the deals are really, really emotional. You know, we get calls from our clients at 11 o'clock on a Saturday night who are stressed out about a deal. It's the smallest things that can kill a deal. So a good intermediary is going to prevent those things from happening.
1: Okay. Now you talked about and outlined a lot of the process that starts once we have buyers who are interested, what about getting us ready for sale for sale? What do we need to do? What are some of the things we need to look for there so that the whole process can even happen in the first place? Yeah.
0: I think one of the first things to do, and we talked a little bit about it before is understanding what a buyer is looking at when they're looking at your business. So having that really critical eye, you know, in the first place we're looking at is the financials, you know, so there's um, there's a challenge a lot of times with small businesses who, you know, you hear their sale price and they go, well, I can make that in two years or three years. So, yes, but someone's buying your job. So, that's all they're all doing with small business. If you have a larger business, you're going to attract those multiples um, and those, uh, those premiums that buyers love or sellers love to hear about. You know, when we hear from our friends, oh, I sold for five times or six times. It's because those companies were really well positioned. So were they, were they profitable and did they have that EBITDA going in the right way? Um, did they have the revenue trend the right way? You know, there's nothing worse. We had a deal a couple of years ago die because our client's uh, revenue got soft during the due diligence process. You know, it wasn't, wasn't a huge softening of it, but it was starting to trend a little bit down. So that gave the buyer the perfect opportunity to come in and try to uh, squeeze the seller for, for more money you know, to reduce that price. So making sure you don't take your, um, your eye off the business while you're selling is
1: really important as well. So keep marketing, keep bringing in customers, keep growing as if you weren't going to sell so that the sale happens.
0: Actually, number one, number one level of advice is run the business like it's not for sale,
1: you know, stay on top of your game. Okay. And obviously you've been doing this a long time and advised on many, many transactions can, without sharing any identity information, you can call it ABC Incorporated or whatever. Can you give us two examples? One of a deal that went, that the seller did something wrong and, and it, it got screwed up. And then one where it had the happy ending that we're all looking for.
0: Sure. So one of the ones we had, it was uh, it's a classic uh, scenario with our with our seller is they they use that advice. I'll run the business like it's always always for sale. And we were in discussions uh, with a buyer, and our client went out and bought a brand new piece of equipment without disclosing that to, to ourselves or to anyone else. And it was it was a good sized piece of equipment, which added you know half a million dollars in debt to their to their balance sheet. So <laughs> when they sat down, you know, we got the full offer in. It was full asking price, all cash offer. It was a great a great offer. Uh, when they sat down with their accountant and financial advisor to review the offer, they realized they couldn't, they couldn't sell because they suddenly reduced their uh, cash flow they were going to get from the deal because of this piece of equipment. Whereas if they were proactive and had told us they were buying the piece of equipment or gone to talk to the buyer, that, hey, I'm thinking about buying this. Are you okay with that? Do you want to absorb the cost? So we had to wait another two years, and we ultimately ended up selling them to a different buyer, but you know, had to wait two years to get out. So okay so you know, that's
1: all uh, right so n- uh, now give us the fairy tale ending
0: so the fairy tale was a recent one that we had and it was i i you know not going to have never had a smoother transaction um buyer came buyer came in in august you know made a full price offer essentially most of it was all cash and was really really aggressive in closing due diligence sailed through the process we were closed by november you know, the only hiccups we had were a couple of things with the bank at the end, but nothing related to the deal terms or the due diligence or anything else. It was uh, just a fascinating experience to watch because it, it, I've never seen one smoother. And that was because our, you know, our buyer was clear as to what he wanted. Our seller was very accommodating, highly responsive on everything. So it just everything
1: clicked. Well, congratulations. That's a story we all want to hear. Let's talk about how did the book coming, come about?
0: So, you know if you've ever Googled or searched on Amazon for books on succession and transition planning, you'll find thousands of them. And the frustration for me when I was looking at all these is they were all written from the same perspective. They're written from the perspective of the exiting owner, you know, as to what they should do or what they shouldn't do and how they get prepped and things like that. Nothing was written from the perspective of the successor, the one who was coming in and trying to buy the business. And the, and the seller has got, the resources, they've got the network, they've got the team behind them. They're in a really advantageous position when we're talking about an internal buyer, like a family member or a key employee. So looking at that gap in the market, and given my, my age, which is when most of our, you know, our generation is starting to buy businesses, that'd be really helpful to have a, a guide out there for them as to how to go about the process, what to expect when they're negotiating a deal, and why it's different. Buying the company you work for versus going out and trying to buy some company off the street that you're not familiar with.
1: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. For our folks who are watching or listening and are interested in learning more, where is the best place they can go to get that book?
0: You can find it at buyingouttheboss.com, and I believe if you put in the coupon code uh, "Be the Boss," you'll get the book for uh, it's like five dollars off.
1: All right, well, ten
0: bucks rather than fifteen from Amazon.
1: Awesome. All right. Be The Boss is the coupon code. BuyingOutTheBoss.com is the website. And, we, and if we have some folks who are watching or listening and are interested in either buying or selling, where is the best place for them to learn more about you?
0: Go to our uh, website, which is, you know, unfortunately in the process of being updated a little bit, but uh, that's www.van-group.com, or you can email us at letsgovan at groupcom
1: And van is V-A-N-N, correct? Correct. All right. This has been Seth Green uh, with Michael Van from The Van Group and BuyingOutTheBoss.com. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Seth. It's been a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream.